0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to the coaching staff. Welcome back. Hopefully welcoming you back to the coaching staff. Episode number 38. And this week, Tony and I are going to talk about a very relevant topic this time of year for especially high school coaches, even college coaches. Whoa, Tony, you fell down. Sorry, buddy. You didn't hurt yourself, did you? At my age, you never know. <laughs> you don't have your life alert on, do you? No. <laughs> you fall in and you can't get out. That is true. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Tony and I are facetiming again this week, and let's be honest: the odds of us keeping this deadly serious for the next thirty-five to forty-five minutes are slim and none. Uh, we did it last week, and the odds of that happening again? Not good. Not good. But hey. Yep. You know, it is what it is, as Bill Belichick says.
1: Yes. Yeah. Depends upon what your definition of is is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Little Bill Clinton there for you. Yeah. Uh, We're doing all the bills tonight. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I love America because America is a place for Americans to live and to work. All Americans. I love America. <laughs> yeah. When I when I get to Bill Clinton in my history classes, I you know I throw that out there at him. They're like. Whoa, you know, a, <laughs> that's a, them, that, those are socks yeah, yeah, that's a little bit too accurate, Mr. Plum. So, uh, episode number 38, we are talking about planning a youth camp. Uh, and when we're saying youth camp, uh, the, the younger kids, not uh, your older kids, your your more, uh, your, your higher level players, we're, we're talking uh, K through six ish, you know, and and stuff that you're going to do within your community to help build your program. In the summertime, hey, first of all, Tony, I, I, I digress. How are things in the CR tonight?
1: A little chilly, a little yeah. chilly. I don't know if all of a sudden we got confused, thought we needed to go back to fall again, or what's going on. How are how are things in the oh? Uh,
0: cloudy with a okay. what's what's that movie? Kids movie, Not cloudy with a chance, a chance of meatballs. Balls. Yep, there we go. No meatballs uh, on this Mother's Day, but uh, uh, we. Uh, yeah, it's 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 been kind of a, a down day. Yesterday was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Yesterday, uh, we had a lot of tornadoes in Nebraska uh, Friday night. Uh, my mother in law actually had to go to her basement. Uh, that's you know that came within a few miles of her place. So, oh wow, yeah. So, uh, but other than that, we're good. So we're we're doing all right. So, uh, Tony, I, I, you're not going to believe this, but number thirty eight is not a popular uniform number. Huh, Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Uh, I have two pitchers. I I got two. Um, hmm. Recent uh, made a name for themselves after the turn of the millennium. Here, okay. Um, one is a multi multi World Series champion. Hmm. Clutch. Ooh. What's that? Clutch pitcher. Kurt Schilling? Kurt Schilling. (laughs) Wow. Nailed it. I thought I was going to have to show you my sock with a little red spot on it. (laughs) Um, And then the other one is uh, a guy, uh, very good pitcher in his prime, but went downhill fast. Great hitting pitcher.
1: (laughs) I want to say Bartolocolo. No.
0: No. No, no. Um, That's how many wives he had at the same time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, Tim Lincecum.
0: No. <laughs> Tim Lincecum. Phil Necro <laughs> uh, Tim Lincecum. Yeah, he he looks like uh, Kelly Leak from uh, Bad News Bears. So
1: he would have been an excellent Kelly Leak. Yeah. Uh,
0: pitch for the Cubs. How about that?
1: Ooh. Good hitting pitcher. Uh, Mark Pryor.
0: No. No. Carlos Zambrano. Nailed it. There you go. The big Z. Carlos Zambrano. Those are the only two uniform numbers I could find this week, buddy. So, uh, But well done. Well done. So, uh, Hey, jumping in here. Uh, episode 38, planning a good youth camp. Uh, let's get it going here, Tony. Uh, for me, it, it's, it all starts with one thing, having fun. Yeah. Uh, th- these kids have to come to your camp. They have to have fun. Uh, they have to leave your camp wanting to come back next year. And that is the number one thing that I tell my players is if we have, and again, we're a smaller school. We're You know, at, at Kennedy, I'm sure you get a lot bigger numbers than what we have at our place. But if we have 30 to 35 girls at our camp, the number one thing I tell my players is if we have 30 to 35 girls, we want all 30 to 35 coming back next year and and that's to me that's the the number one thing that's got to be on your list is is having fun and forever for for however long that you do it three two three four days whatever it may be i think that's got to be number one
1: yeah and there's a variety of ways you can do that Mm -hmm. you know whether it's competitions where you play some knockout you do uh Dribble tag, you do knock or yeah, you do knockout, you do hot shot, you do whatever, and so it can be playing some of those games. Um, I think interacting with your high school players is going to be something that's really going to be high on their list that they'll want to do. Uh, one thing that we incorporated that was a huge hit, uh, we would do popsicle breaks, and that was extremely popular.
0: Flavored frozen water on a stick yes. is amazing to yep. our youngsters. That is that is the bomb diggity as the kids say these days. So, uh, yes, uh, that you brought up a couple of th- other things that I had, Tony. We'll start with snacks. Snacks. <laughs> snacks. Uh, popsicles. Those are awesome. Uh, they're cheap. Kids like them. Uh, you take them outside. Hopefully, you know you pick a, the, a nice day to, to take to to have them. But those the, your, your younger kids absolutely love having those popsicles at camp. And it's a nice little way to break up your camp, a nice little way to do things a little bit differently. But even if you're not doing popsicles, if you're doing other things, maybe at the end of one of your days at camp, you get some Little Caesars pizza or you have one of your pizza places in town. Say, hey, will you help sponsor our camp? You know, uh, Could you give us a break on some pizzas and we want to bring it in? For our kids. And so you get done with camp at noon, but you tell your parents you're not going to pick them up. Don't pick up your kids till 1230 on Thursday. We're going to have a pizza feed afterwards yep. or something like that. That's a that's a really, really good thing to do there. So, um, And then the other thing you brought up, Tony, was your players. And I think it's really, really important to have your players really, really involved actively in your camp. What are some things that you guys have done over the years, Tony, to have your players involved with your camps?
1: we've done uh where they've led stretching Uh um we've done stations with fundamentals uh and then they get whatever station they want shooting ball handling you know whatever the case may be uh when we play our our games we would have them coach a team Uh competitions they're the ones that are you know they've got like their little attendance group that they we do the competition stuff with they're the ones recording their scores and stuff like that but we make sure for the two-and-a-half, three, three three-and-a-half hours, however long you choose to do your camp, that they're around our players. And we tell our players, you know, you cannot have a bad day at camp. You've got to make sure you're enthusiastic, you represent us well, and, you know, they think that, you know, they got to believe that they're very, very important to you, and you treat them well. Because hopefully one day, you know, they wear your uniform number, they come to a game, they pretend that they're you, you know, you want to be a great role model them both on and off the court.
0: Our principal, uh, Doctor Nicholas Wimhoff, just got his just got his doctorate just a few weeks ago. Uh, he brings up a great thing when he he talks at to our seniors to be every year. So we we basically let our seniors go on their last day; they're done, and then the juniors stay there. And he does a great job of talking to them. And one of the things that he brings up every year is the young kids. They're not talking about me. They're not talking about the teachers very much. They're talking about you to the to the students. And that is one of the things that I definitely key, key in on when it comes to our players. You know, girls, they don't want to be around me. They don't want to be around Coach, Coach DeRoe. Uh, they want to be around you. They want to be with you. And like you said, Tony, I love that expression. You can't have a bad day. And I think what that also does for your players, uh, tell me if you agree or disagree with me on this, Tony. It teaches your players to coach. And it teaches your players that sometimes they probably think our job is pretty easy. uh, And why aren't we doing this, that, and this and that? And, okay, here, you, you run the ship here for... Uh, a couple hours here and, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way that okay well all, all players think coaches are, are dumb or unorganized or anything like that We're, uh, they don't they absolutely do not but it, it puts them in that in a different perspective to show them that um, you know all parts of the program are important and you know it, it just puts it makes them see the game in a different perspective trying to get somebody else to do what they want them to do.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, Mario, I thought that you brought up that was really important, they get to kind of see what it's like in our shoes a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've heard people describe, you know, like the learning process. And a big part of the learning process where you hardly ever forget it is when you have to explain it to someone else. Yeah. And so when they have the opportunity to explain help side defense, when they have the opportunity to explain how to properly shoot a layup, you know, it just helps them a ton. Mm-hmm. And then, one of the things that's kind of fun for us is we did a little bit different than what you did. We didn't necessarily feed the, the campers. We fed our coaches. So mm-hmm. when our players would come in and be the coaches for the week, I like we would do, do like our third through fifth in the morning. And then we put in an hour lunch break in there and we do the six through eight. And so we would feed our high school kids as a way to say thank you for working our camps. And uh, one of the things that would happen is we'd be done eating in a half hour or so. And then our kids would start play a little bit, you know, whether they're playing, you know, knockout or 21 or whatever the case may be. And then as the afternoon kids would come trickling in, they would see
0: our kids get to play a little bit. I think they really enjoyed that part of it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down real quick, Tony. So hold on just a second. That's a great idea. So what else you got? What are some other things that you've done to help run a smooth camp?
1: Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think super important is to make sure that you put fundamentals have to be a part of it. Uh-huh. And it doesn't have to be like rocket science level of fundamentals. You know you you're getting kids that this might be their first experience with basketball. Uh-huh. And so you want to make sure that you go fundamental, fundamental, fundamental. And one of the things we you know I mentioned earlier was we would do stations. And so we would have you know six hoops, we'd have a different, uh, skill at each hoop and then we would rotate them through and depending upon the level, like with you know our, our younger kids, we're probably doing 5-6 minute stations. With our older kids we might go into that 8-9 minute area uh-huh. uh, with our station work but we want to make sure that we're hammering fundamentals because here's the thing with teaching them fundamentals, you're teaching them how to play, which is going to make them more successful and fundamentals and stations may not necessarily be their most favorite part of camp but in the long run, if you continue to, you know, I heard, you know, both of us have worked with Snow Valley with Coach Show before, and one of my favorite phrases that, that Don would say, "You never graduate from a skill." Yep. And I, I just love that. You never, you never graduate from a fundamental. And so, you know, I just think that's super important for kids, just to keep continue to hammer home those fundamentals, trying to help them learn how to play the game the right way.
0: Yeah, and it's just. The you know, dribble dribble pass shoot. It's just dribble pass shoot. You know, you could teach them how to play defense later on down the line. You could teach them how to rebound later on down the line. Those are skills that you can get better at much more rapidly, much quicker than you can dribble pass and shoot. And so our skill work at our elementary camps of what we show our kids in the summer is probably eighty to ninety percent dribble pass shoot. Because that's what we, and and what we try to do with our kids, we call them driveway drills. Meaning, hey, we're going to show you this at camp, but you can also do this in your driveway. And so, yeah, you're going to be with us for three or four days, but you're going to be in your driveway the other 90 days of the summer. So take this, work on this. When you go to the park, take it, work on this. Here's a little, so if you're not sure what to do, do this and and that's that's been something that we've really really emphasized with our kids so i
1: I like that a lot because you know to be honest with you when you and i were growing up 100 years ago you know it was a lot of playing at the park playing in the driveway Mm -hmm. and i think we've we've organized things so much for kids we've taken some of the creativity away from them and it has to be structured all the time and yeah this that and the other and I, i like the fact Give them something that they can work on on their own and be creative with and have fun. And I, I really think that's a part that's missing with with kids. And I, I hope that, you know, it, it finds its way back.
0: Mm. Coaches, do you want to look good? Pfft, stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good-looking stuff here. We've got T-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good-looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some A Pen and a Napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at A Pen and a Napkin and send me a direct message. Or you can email me, A Pen and a Napkin at gmail.com and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some A Pen and a Napkin merchandise. Another thing that I think you brought up, Tony, um was prizes and you know it it can be really simple you know and and what i do every summer and we do this with our high school kids as well is i i go to target and i hit the dollar aisle at target and i just pick the dumbest stuff out and then we put it in a box it's like all right you win this shooting drill you get to you get a prize here and our kids lose it over those type of just stupid little things like that. But they, you know, and and we're going to do that at camp again, where it it doesn't have to be anything big, but you, you buy a, you buy a box of SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, band-aids or something like that. And the next day, they come in with a half a dozen SpongeBob band-aids on because they think it, you know, hey, I won these yesterday, you know, and, and it's something that they're going to remember as they get older. So you can you can do those prizes, you can have those things, and it doesn't have to be something fancy or tremendous, but it just and sometimes the dorkier it is, the more the kids like it, you know, especially yeah. girls, you know. So uh, have you ever done anything like that, Tony?
1: We do similar stuff to that. We would do medals Uh where we would – I don't remember how many different contests we would have. Um, You know, I know there was Hot Shot, and I know we had a variety of other ones that we did as well around the world, whatever the case may be. But we would take and keep track of it all week, and then we would take the top six scores, put 30 seconds a minute on the clock, and then that last day, we would invite their parents in we had like competitions and then we had where we would break them up into five on five teams and we kept track of records. There'd be a championship game for the, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, whatever the case may be. Um, Yeah. And then we would do like MVP of the camp, most improved of the camp, best rebounder. You know, we, we would give out, I don't know, probably it was definitely double digits medals, each grade level, Mm -hmm. because we, I think we charged like 50 bucks or whatever. And we did a five day camp. I think we might've knocked it down to four just because Fridays were hard to get them to. Sure. So I think we knocked it down to four, but we wanted to make sure that for, you know, the time that we had them three, three and a half hours, whatever it was, they got their money's worth. Yeah. You know, and so we put a lot of, put a lot of thought into, you know, the, the medals and stuff and different things, t-shirts, whatever. But yeah, it was, it was a good time.
0: Yeah. It was a good time. Yep uh you got i got three more things on my list what what do you got buddy
1: um you know one of the things that we we did a little bit too is we would play some you know mm-hmm. just the fact that we wanted to make sure we played one game a day um you know and again i'm not knocking aau and i'm not knocking team camps and stuff like that so please don't take it that way uh but you know during the season we got to play we play one. we play one on tuesday one on a friday you know, and depending upon whether we might get three or whatever in some weeks. But my sure. point being, we wanted them to understand it was one game a day and it meant something, Yeah, you know, but so we would keep kind track of
0: Snow of Valley records. philosophy.
1: Yes. Yes. We keep track of records and, you know, and different things like that. But yeah, we, we, we play, we play one game a day. We'd make sure we had officials start and stop the clock, you know, sub at certain points in time, but just to try to teach them a little bit about how the game works and you know, and the importance of playing together and stuff like that. But that's that's
0: one thing that we also would make sure that we incorporated. We we would have one game a day. Mm-hmm. I I like that. We basically do the same thing. I actually borrowed, and this won't be the last thing that I'll that I'll say on this. Uh, we I borrowed uh, Bill's philosophy. Of like, you know, one-on-one, three-on-three, and have the kids carry their note cards with them. And so you can mark who won the one-on-one game and who won, you know, which team won the three-on-three game. And I still use that today. You know, 20-plus years after we used to work Bill's camps, I'm still using that in my camps. And I really, you know, that's a that's a great way to make that competition at a high level, and then you kind of have, a like you said, a, a finals at the end of it. You know, and and just really, you know, that part of it is 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 a good thing too. But yeah, the Snow Valley, one game a day, it's going to mean something, you know. And and let's call it good. So, um, another thing that I think is really important is to have a really nice T-shirt. Don't don't go cheap. And everybody does a T-shirt, but one of the things that I've really invested in is making sure our kids have nice stuff that they have nice gear and if you now what I used to do at Scud is I would get a couple of sponsors to help pay for the t-shirts and that cleared more money for the program as well you know hy on the back or or Godfather's Pizza or Pizza Ranch or whatever but uh, at my new job we're not allowed to do that. we're not allowed to go to any businesses in the community and 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 that's that's everybody nobody can do that you know so so that's fine that doesn't bother me. Uh, if you uh, the reason why I say that is if you can find somebody to sponsor your t-shirt, that's a great move to have like I said, it clears more money for your program but don't go cheap on your t-shirts. Uh, make your t-shirts nice, make your gear nice. I also if you have this, it's it's a it's a way that you can make an extra couple hundred bucks, and a couple hundred bucks may not seem like a big deal, but it's still a couple hundred bucks. Uh, if you've got old T-shirts, if you've got old gear, if you've got shorts, game shorts that you're never going to use again, put them out there on a table, and you'd be surprised how quickly that stuff sells for. Uh, kids will come in and they'll buy, you know, you know, put out old T-shirts, five dollars a piece or three for ten bucks. And they'll they'll buy them, and, and it's just boom, boom, boom. And again, a it gets rid of inventory, and b you're you're making money off of stuff that you've already spent money on. And so that's something that we've done in the past. So we just kind of you know put that in the put that in the account, and it's two hundred more dollars that we had out of, out of camp that we didn't have before. So um, so that's another thing that we've done. So uh, yeah,
1: the, the T-shirt thing I liked. We would uh, <clears throat> go to our players that were juniors going to be seniors and we would have our players pick out the camp shirts same thing Um, yeah we we make sure that it's it's a nice camp shirt you know we want to make sure that they're proud to wear their stuff out in the community Mm -hmm. you know and one other thing that we would do as well uh you know depending is we might have a guest speaker one of the days Mm -hmm. you know whoever that might be you know whether you bring in a college coach college player uh alumni of your school Mm -hmm. you know that that wanted to come in and and speak and and different things. So we would do that and we would have a date and there were times if we couldn't find a guest speaker, we would just have the, you know, our players, you know, however many of them were working, we would take it some time and say, Hey, are there anything you want to ask them what it's like to be a cougar and and different things like that. And so we'd give them a platform as well.
0: Yep. That was, that was the next thing on my list. Uh, you, you have to, uh, you have to tell your campers you know especially the younger they are the the less aware that they are uh keep your questions to basketball here we're not going to ask about boyfriends or girlfriends or you know that type of thing or uh you know does does coach yell at you a lot no we're not going to ask about that either you know (laughs) uh but yeah we've we've done that quite a few times where we have the the player panel up there and we allow our camp campers an opportunity to ask them questions that they would like to ask about basketball experience how much do you how much do you practice what do you do in the summertime you know so forth and so on and and i think that's a really really good thing so uh i have one more thing on my list buddy you what else you got got one more as well all right you want me to leave Leave sure, I'm going. not leaving. No, don't sorry. Don't leave. Don't leave. No, not I will
1: leaving. go crash no. if you leave. No,
0: no. Uh <laughs> uh Yeah, and, and I yeah. Uh and again, another thing that I picked up from Bill. Uh thank everybody at the end of it. Thank everybody at the end of it. I always and I don't know how many times do we work Fenley's camps, Tony? Too many to count. But he would give that that basically the same core speech at the end of every camp, and every year, I would still get sucked in and be like, "Man, that's a great that's a great way to end it," and it's still it's still stuff that I use today. You know, uh, coach would talk about uh, you know thanking your parents uh, for for paying for your camp. Uh, you know, he would thank his coaches. He would. Uh, he would, and you know, the one thing I really remember is being willing and able. You know, he'd always talk about being willing and able, and that's that's something that I incorporate with with ours every summer. And so, you know, I, I think that it's important that you invite your parents, in on that last day, maybe tell them we're gonna have a little award ceremony uh, from from twelve to twelve fifteen, and then a goodbye to the campers from twelve fifteen to twelve thirty, and and to thank the parents as they leave uh, for everything that they've done. I think those things are so, so very important to let people know that you appreciate their support. You appreciate those parents finding a way to get to their their kids to your camp for three or four days that week, whatever it may be. So uh, that's the last thing I've got.
1: And that was similar to what I was going to put down is we made the last day special where, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was something along the lines. They come in, you stretch them out, you get them warmed up. And then we would go right away into competition. So they would know, uh, and I would try to have the schedule typed up, not necessarily with names in there who made it, but mm-hmm. sometimes the girls would know and they would say, hey, you know, I'm in the finals of, you know, the free throw game or whatever the case may be. So we'd go competitions right away. Once competitions were over, and that took a good amount of time, we usually would do some type of, because a lot of times during competitions, not everybody's involved in the finals. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as those were done, we'd do like a, knockout or something just so everybody got to do something and then we'd go right away into our game so we'd go from that competitions into the third fourth place game fifth, our first second place game and then after that we do our award ceremony where like you said it was you know thanking people the coaches that came in and then you know give out your medals for the awards and stuff like that and then we would take you know the last little bit and we tell them to wear their camp shirt on the last day And then we would give our players, you know, uh, markers and they would sign their shirts for them. And then that would that would be our last day together. But it was usually had great attendance. I mean, there's probably 50 or more parents that were at our last day each session. Mm -hmm. And so we just wanted to make sure it was was something that was important. And we took the time to make sure that things ran smoothly. And like you said, thank them, because, you know, when you take a look, you know, Right now, especially inflation's high, money's a little bit tighter. I'm sure they're having to juggle schedules to get them to sure. the gym and stuff like that. Yep. And you want to make sure that you you let them know, hey, I'm sure you could have spent fifty bucks or whatever it happens to be somewhere else. We thank you for making sure that it was with this.
0: Yeah, and, and and again, supporting your program, letting them know that you they are appreciated, and that's part of you know we talked a, a little bit ago about. If we have 30 30 pioneers there, if we have 75 Kennedy Cougars there, we want 75 Kennedy Cougars back next year. And, And your job, players, is to work those stations hard, to coach those kids the entire time, to be enthusiastic, to show energy. Part of our job... The is at the end of it. One of the things that we do is to tell parents how appreciative we are that they spent that twenty-five to fifty bucks or whatever you personally charge for your camp to to come in there. So I I really really agree with you on that one there, Tony. So anything else?
1: Yeah, I mean, just I think something that's important too is if they've spent the money um, to come to camp, it's not a bad idea during the season have a camp night where, Mm -hmm. hey, if you wear your camp shirt, you get in free to the game.
0: I like that. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin Video Library. You know what else we run by the big bosses, though, Tony?
1: If we can bring Europe back...
0: Bringing Europe back is one of my life goals, Tony. I, I, I really believe that.
1: The other day, we were uh, practicing for soccer, and they had their speaker out there, and all of a sudden the final countdown starts to play, and I'm busting a gut. And they're like, What are you laughing about? Like, oh, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I, I tell you what, whichever one of us dies first, we're gonna play it at their their funeral. How about that? We have to. Yes. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. This is this has become synonymous with the "A and a Napkin" coaching staff podcast here. So, I don't know. Maybe we could get Europe to perform at one of our funerals. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. I ain't saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it could happen. You never know. It
1: could, it could, it never. You never know. Yeah. You just never know.
0: You never know. So, all right. You ready for uh, ready for a little trivia here, Tony?
1: Is this sponsored too, or is this regular
0: church? This is not sponsored. Oh, okay. Or it it, it has not been named. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh We it wouldn't necessarily be a sponsor. We've we've <laughs> we, we've thrown around an idea. Uh, we actually, uh, truth be told, Tony and I consulted our wives on this. <laughs> they both said pretty oh, no. firmly, bad oh, no. idea. Bad idea. Um, so we're still considering it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
0: definitely not a no yet. It's not a no yet. Just because you said no, it's kind of like, uh, you've seen the movie Step Brothers, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when, they're, when, they're, when they want to make the bunk beds, they're like, so... yeah. We'll just have so much more room for activities. You know? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So, this week's trivia question. Uh, I think it's Tuesday night. I could be wrong, but I think it's it's either Tuesday or Wednesday night. Tony, we have the draft lottery. The Victor Wimben, Wimbenyama sweepstakes are coming about here, and it's going to change probably change some franchise forever because he's he's good at basketball. Uh, he's not bad. He's not bad. He's not bad. So now I, I do have to tell you this: I'm only going to give you four guesses, or I'm sorry, not f- <laughs> thank you. Four. I'm only giving you two guesses. Dang I'm it! Only, I'm only giving you because it's a it's a very it's it's very specific. So, um, so this ties in with the draft. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So the other night, Kevin Durant was knocked out of the playoffs, and it got to you know, had me kind of thinking um, about old players, old players. So actually, I'm going to change my mind, Tony. I'm going to give you, I'll give you the usual three guesses. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So, but I got to redo my question. Um, draft lottery is coming up and Kevin Durant got knocked out. It made me start thinking about the draft lottery and players and, And older players in the NBA, because Kevin Durant's, I think they said it's his 16th year this year. Okay? Yeah. So, Kevin Durant was drafted in the 2007 NBA draft. Counting the 2007 NBA draft, how many NBA players are still active in the league this year that are on a team?
1: The 07 draft.
0: 07 draft and before. And before. And before. So I'll give you a hint. The book end of this is LeBron. LeBron's the oldest player in the league. Yep. Okay. And he was drafted in 2003. So between 2007, 2003, how many players are still active, still on a team this season? 15. Incorrect
1: my lower high
0: you are too high
1: Ooh, 10
0: incorrect you lower are high. you are too low Oops, so so, so a, it's either 11 12 13 or 14 Thank so you. you've got a 1 in 4 chance
1: it's not bad i like my odds
0: so you're telling me there's a chance <laughs>
1: there's a chance i'm going to go with lucky number Thirteen. Uh, was it twelve?
0: Eleven. Ah, okay. It was eleven. So, would you like to know who it is? Yeah. Okay, so, LeBron, out of the 2003 draft. He's the only one still playing. 2004 draft, the only player, and he really didn't play that much this year, if at all, Andre Iguodala. Andre oh. Iguodala. Okay.
1: Saw so he officially retired, though.
0: Did he? Mm-hmm. Uh, 2005 draft my
1: answer at 10 was correct
0: (laughs) yeah technically but yeah um chris paul only player left out of the 2005 draft
1: he might not be around a whole lot longer
0: no 2006 draft there are four players that were active this year uh kyle lowry wait oh i might have miscounted this tony You were right. When you said 10, you were right. Because on my thing, I had Rudy Gay, but it was on two lines. And I just counted lines. You won the trivia question. It's my fault. Retroactively, you won the trivia question.
1: I got one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker, and Rudy Gay out of the 2006 draft. And then four players still left. And and four of the top five out of the 2007. Durant, Al Horford. Mike Connolly and Jeff Green.
1: Quick question: oh. Udonis Haslam, what year was he?
0: I don't think he was drafted. Really? You might have screwed up your own victory. I, if I were you, I would have been quiet.
1: I just I, I'm amazed by Udonis.
0: He's he's old. He is 42. He'll he'll be 43 this summer. Um, yeah, he went undrafted. So, nah, he went undrafted. 2002, undrafted. Wow. So, um, yeah, so 10 players. 10 players since two, or, or that were drafted pre-2007. Coaches are absolutely loving Are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program no matter what stage you're at in your program and help improve it in some way it's all yours for only 15 dollars, which includes shipping and handling for more information email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com crazy day today uh we we have our conference finals set we have our conference finals set denver la uh i was s- a little uh, a little bit surprised that la won i i if if you if you held a gun to my head, I would have picked the Warriors in six or seven. Um, the Nuggets really rolled over Phoenix. Uh, what do you think about the whole Monty Williams thing being let go, Tony?
1: You know, I think it comes down to this. I, 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 I agree that it's wrong. I don't think he should have got fired. I mean, you go through, you take a look at how the roster was gutted so they could get Durant,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then a thin roster – had chris paul and deandre ayton not able to play in game six and then you fire him and so i didn't agree with that I, I don't think he'll be on the market very long i could see him going to toronto to be honest with you yeah i think he's a really good leader of men and, and the crazy thing you're starting to hear some people kick around doc rivers maybe next and that wouldn't surprise me at all yeah. i mean I, you go back i think out of the guys that have won the last four nba titles the only one that was still around is Steve, Steve Kerr. Kirk. The three yeah. of the other four have been fired, and then you look at Monty Williams, um, Mike Budenholzer, and I'm trying to remember some of the others. Nick, Nick Nurse. They're the winningest coaches in their franchises in their franchise over the last however little bit here, and they're getting let go. And this is becoming a stupid season. I don't know what's going on. Are we just going to play trade a coach where Monty Williams gets let go at Phoenix, ends up in Toronto? Nick Nurse gets let go with Toronto, and he ends up with Milwaukee, or whatever. I yeah. I, I don't know, but it, I don't know. It, it just it doesn't make... Some of the stuff doesn't make sense to me, but I think the big thing that got Monty fired is DeAndre, to
0: yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Well, and they had the whole thing last year. Going back to last year when they got eliminated by Dallas, Aiton flipped out because he only played like 15 minutes. He played very little in that Game 7 when they got blown out, and then... They didn't talk all summer. They they forced, you know, basically he forced their hand to to sign him and and just other things. And I, I just want to remind Phoenix fans of one thing. Those of you that are saying, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to get, get rid of this guy. Check the previous 15 years about how bad you sucked before Monty Williams got there. And and then talk to me, you know. Yes. And uh, I'm going to almost always defend coaches especially you know i don't and again call me crazy i don't know I, you know mike budenholzer lost he didn't have his best player for basically three of the five games and jimmy butler played out of his mind And oh by the way miami went on and won their next series as well you know so they're playing awesome right now and and i i just now i understand there's certain situations where it sounds like for example Nick Nurse's voice got a little old in the locker room. Um, I and 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 I do get that, I do understand that. Uh, but you see some of these yahoos who are saying, You got you got Golden State Warriors fans saying, Steve Kerr, get rid of him, get rid of him. He's terrible, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? I mean, this is like you said, Tony, it's silly is, is a great way to say it. This is just getting absolutely silly. Uh, and I don't know what people really want in, in that regard. Um, I, I get it. I know that as high school coaches, sometimes when you have, and I'm sure you've been in there, Tony, uh, when you were a varsity coach, you would have certain kids that you would coach for three or four years. And sometimes you would worry about Am I still getting through the same way? Am I keeping things fresh with this particular player? You know, and uh, so that part of it, I understand. But, you know, was, you know, Budenholzer was the same guy that they won 58 games with. Did he just not do anything for 58 games? And now they, or, you know, when they won the 58 games or however many games they won this year, I know they had the best record in the league. So I don't, I, I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, you and me both. I don't, you know, there's going to be winners and losers. Sure. You're not going to win it all the time. Correct. It, it, you just aren't, you know, and the other teams try to win too. Yep. And, you know, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I get, I understand they get paid a lot of money. Yep. There comes a lot of pressure with that. But at the same time, you know, to expect perfection, I mean, well, I'm sorry, you know, Kaminga, Moody, and uh, Wiseman you know, well, they're not developing under Kerr, okay? Does any of that fall on them? You know, uh, Budenholzer, he's not doesn't have the greatest defensive acumen, okay? So uh, does his staff, does he have like a defensive coordinator? Should some of that fall? I mean, I, I just don't get it, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I've never coached an NBA team either. Yeah. You know, I wonder if the guy at Phoenix, I know he was a walk-on at Michigan State, uh, Izzo has flirted with the NBA before. Will mm-hmm. Tom Izzo be the next coach of the Suns next year?
0: Oh, uh, Can we aggregate you on that, Tony Viss? You are kind of a semi-journalist now. Yeah. yeah, uh-huh. um, Bill Simmons calls that new owner syndrome. You yeah. know, where it's just like, well, I gotta do something. So let's trade for Kevin Durant and let's fire the coach after we lose right away. You yeah. know, um, I, I read somewhere that the new owner of Monty Williams did not necessarily hit it off. Like the new owner had a little bit of a hard time warming up to Monty Williams for whatever reason. I don't know if that's on, I think it's Matt Ishbia is his name. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's Ishbia. I don't know if that's Monty Williams. I don't know if that's a little bit of both, whatever it may be. Uh, But, you know, I I don't know. I, I just, I just
1: respect the heck out of Monty Williams. I mean, he yeah. lost his wife, Yep. Uh, you know, and,
0: Single dad. He
1: handled that and conducted himself in that. I mean, you go through Budenholzer's brother. I think died oh. uh, in a wreck during the playoffs that they lost to the that round that they lost to the Heat in. I mean, I don't know. Where's the the compassion, the humanity that goes along a little bit with that stuff too?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Monty Williams his his wife died, and and I looked it up real quick. 2016. I remember when that happened. They have five kids. You know, I mean this this guy is a and and you know, Tony, just in my life, I, I went through that with my mom passing away, you know, my dad, and I was, I was, I think, 22 when my mom passed away, but my dad was basically raising two teenage daughters, you know, and, and that's so hard, you know, and, and I know there's millions of single parents out there, and I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, what was, what was us, what was me, all that other type of thing, uh, but, he he conscientiously took a step back professionally to take care of his children for two or three years before he got back into it. Uh, like you said, Budenholzer, I mean, who would not be distracted if they lost a sibling uh, from their job? But, you know, he didn't tell anybody, he kept going to work, didn't make any excuses. You know, so I, I think, you know, like I said, some of this is just... I don't know. It's, it's silly. I think you put it really, really well, Tony silly. So let's get back to the fun stuff here. we got two series. We got the the conference final set, uh, Boston absolutely rolled over, uh, Philadelphia today in game seven. Now when folks are listening to this, uh, we'll probably be a game or two deep in each conference final series. Uh, so we just have to assure you that we are taping this at nine o'clock on Sunday night on mother's day. So, uh, you know these are these are our predictions. This is not affected by what's going on there. So uh, let's start in the let's start in the West, Tony. Let's start with the Lakers and the Nuggets. What do you like? What are you looking at? What are you thinking?
1: You know, I I, for, I have a feeling Denver is going to get them. I think the best player in that series is Jokic. Um, you know, Denver is playing well, but kind of like what you said earlier, if you had said hey who do you have golden state or la i would have taken golden state
0: uh-huh.
1: um so la could prove me wrong again anthony davis may do a great job defensively on Jokic. who knows and then if it becomes where davis can kind of neutralize Jokic, lebron is the next one and i don't know if the nuggets have anyone that can guard lebron so i, I see it going six or seven games but i i feel like the nuggets are gonna are gonna break through
0: you know what I like about the Nuggets? And like I've said this before, on I've always been a little bit of a closet Nuggets fan. Uh, they are the one team that for better or worse, here's our eight guys. We know what we're going to roll with. We're not going to play roulette because even like the Lakers sometimes are playing roulette with their bench. The Celtics are, are doing that at times. Um, they're like, here's our eight guys. We know Jokic is going to do this. We know Jamal Murray is going to do this. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you're talking about LeBron, I think Aaron Gordon will give him, I I think he can guard him really, really well. You can't stop him, obviously. You can only hope to contain him, as Chris Berman used to say. I think it was Chris Berman. Anyway, uh, maybe it wasn't Berman. Anyway, moving on. That might be Dan Patrick. That might be Dan Patrick. One of those
1: ESPN talking heads.
0: Well, yeah, one of those guys. So, I really like Denver's matchup. I still say... LeBron and AD have been been healthy for two series in a row. Let's see if they can make it through a third. Um, and uh, But LA's role players are are playing well. Give them credit. Uh, Schroeder has given them good minutes. Um, when one guy, you know, we had the Lonnie Walker game in game four. It's like...
1: Otherwise, that's a seven-game series with the Warriors, and that last one's in Golden State.
0: Exactly. You know, and then Lonnie Walker has an out-of-body experience there for, for, for 12 minutes. It's kind of like, again, another Will Ferrell reference. You remember in old school where he's, they're, they're doing the debate? You know? That's how you debate. That's how you do it. What just happened? Well, I think that's what Lonnie Walker <laughs> did after that game. What just happened? I, I don't know. Uh, so uh, I like Denver. I like Denver in, in I like Denver in five or six. I really do. Uh, I, I think that they're gonna be really, really hard to beat in Denver. I, I think like I said, they've got their eight guys. Their eight guys know what they're they're not gonna try and do too much. I think LA's role players are playing well. I think Denver's role players are playing better. I think like KCP and Michael Porter Jr. and Bruce Brown are are they're just playing better than the Lakers role players are and and, and I just I just feel like Jokic is just—he's good at basketball. He's—he's he's really good. He's not at, bad. Yeah, he's not bad. So, uh,
1: even if Mark Jackson didn't vote him in his top five.
0: For <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that is not good. That is not good. So, uh, Eastern Conference. What do you think in there, buddy?
1: I'm gonna go Celtics. I, it'll probably go seven, just because I think the Celtics like to make it crazy
0: way more interesting For than it reason, needs to be. you know
1: they probably should have swept atlanta it went six um probably should have got philly in five or six it went seven um but i i i like the celtics i just think when they get backed into a corner that they're gonna they're gonna be okay you mm-hmm. know and then you've got jalen brown you've got jason tatum who had 51 which is the most ever after breaking stuff's 50 that he had mm-hmm. had 51 today I, I i will take the celtics but i think it's going at least six, if not seven,
0: they will find a way to make it go six or seven. And, you know, I kind of, you know, just like a lot of other people, you kind of keep waiting for the bottom to fall out of the heat express, so to speak. Uh, but they just keep, they just keep playing really, really well, you know, and, and again, they remind me of, of, uh, of a high school team that's just kind of caught lightning in a bottle. We've got this one great player, and then we've got a bunch of okay guys that are kind of playing a notch or two above what they usually play. And, uh, but I, I just kind of like, I, I feel like at some point, kind of like what I said with the Lakers, yeah, you know, can LeBron and AD both stay healthy? Cause they both have to stay healthy. That n- Neither one of them can miss any sort of extended amount of time. Uh, with the with the Lakers and then with the with the Heat, how long are the Max Struces and the Gabe Vincents and those guys going to keep kind of playing above their heads? Uh, and I just think at some certain point, the the talent it's it's kind of like the the fifth. It's like Princeton making it to the Sweet Sixteen this year, and then you're like, okay, law of averages states that this is going to come back. Uh, and and I really feel that way kind of about Miami, where it's like. Okay, the law of averages states at some point when you just play a team that's just flat out better than you, it's going to come back down to earth. You know?
1: Yeah, and I saw the other day. I think they had seventy four or something like that points scored by undrafted free agents, mm-hmm. most all time. Yeah. You know, and Eric Spolstra has been to the Eastern Conference Finals seven times. I think that's one of four coaches. Phil Popovich and Pat Riley, I think, are the other three yeah, when you're in that era as a coach, you know, because he's he's been coaching for fifteen years, um and he's been to the finals of his conference almost half the time. I mean, that yeah. that's crazy. he is he is truly one of the best all time, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get talked about like that.
0: No, no, he doesn't. And uh, that's <laughs> that's a bit of a worry if you're a Celtics fan. you know, Joe Missoula has has not exactly looked like Phil Jackson in these playoffs. and again, everything is. Uh, you know magnified in the in the playoffs because there's just a heck of a lot more of attention than there is playing a Tuesday night game in February in Charlotte Uh, so you wonder what Spolstra has uh, up his sleeve that that he's going to bring out and don't forget last year same two teams conference finals went seven games so we could be in for it again this year and and I think they just as they say Tony Miami's just got dogs man they just got dogs
1: and do you you know is hero out or at some point could Tyler Hero return?
0: I think he's I think he's out for like a couple of months for sure. Um, I'm googling it right now four to six weeks when it happened on April 30th. Um, okay
1: So it's still two weeks away from even being a month.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, latest return date. Uh, uh, no, they they said he won't be back for that. Uh, approximately four to six weeks. So maybe if they got to a game six or game seven, something like that. But even then, he comes back. He doesn't have game conditioning. It's a shooting hand. I think he kind of did that last year too. I think he was hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he didn't play very much. They, they tried to play him Game 6 or Game 7, and he didn't have anything. So, um, okay. yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to make it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Should be good, buddy. Should be good. Yeah. So, um, all right, anything else on the NBA?
1: I just – it's my favorite time of the year. I mean, just when you get to this, and I think it'll be – Nuggets Celtics and I, I think that'll be a, a really good finals.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it will be too, and and I'm, I'll I'll be kind of in a no lose situation there because I'll be happy if if either team wins that. So um, that's just me personally. That's probably my two. They they've been probably my two favorite teams for a long long time. So um, mm. it'd be worlds colliding, as George Costanza would say, worlds colliding. Yes. So Jerry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, anything else on camps tonight, Tony?
1: I would just echo where you started. Um, make it fun. Make yep. it fun. Have them make them want to come back.
0: Yep, absolutely. That's the biggest thing. Um, you're not trying to win Game Seven of an NBA playoff series here when you're with your K through Sixers here. So have have a good time with it. We've had a good time talking this week, Episode Thirty Eight, planning a good youth camp. Uh, as always, it's great to have Tony Vis on. Once again, we forget to have the maestro, the master himself, the magician, Mr. Chad Angel. Uh, We will get him on one of these nights. We will get Mr. Angel on. So, coaches, hope you've enjoyed this. As always, coaches, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.